coming up this week. Disneyland surprises no one by raising its ticket prices. <laughs> An opening date for Luigi's Rocking Roadsters, I spelled it wrong, has been announced. And we lose Disney legend Jack Willenquist. Plus later, I return to the Hotel Menage. All that coming up next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 553 for the week of February 28th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jo Mulata willie Hello! Michael Bowling. Who are you wearing? <laughs> and, Tony's, <laughs> and Tony's Patel. Hello! Uh, I'm wearing my pajamas, and they are by, oh, I don't know. Um, they better have footies if you're going to bed at 8, yeah, right. 30. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of a Target brand or something. But yeah, anyway. How was everyone's week? It was good. Good. Surprisingly good. good. Oh, oh, surprisingly good. Wow. Uh, yeah, I had a nice break at work on top of it. And I finished my daughter's costume for variety nice. shows. So. Nice. I am ahead of the curve right now. Nice, <laughs> nice. It, it feels good to be ahead of the curve for once. It doesn't happen much in our happy family. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. Thanks for your patience this evening. If you want to listen live, we go live every Sunday, usually at 7 p.m. Pacific. A little delayed today. Um... You'll always find links in our show notes page to the, our Mixler account and also on Facebook. And we'd love to have you. Um, and don't forget about our other Diz Unplugged shows. Monday is the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show that goes up on uh, DizUnplugged.com or YouTube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel. And of course, the Orlando Show goes <laughs> live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. And then Thursday, we have our Universal Edition of the Design Plugged. That goes live at 10 a.m. on Thursdays. All such good shows. All such great shows. And then, of mm -hmm. course, every uh, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Pacific is the Daily Fix, your three, four-minute update of what's happening in Disney news. So lots and lots of fun shows. And just want to mention the trip ended last week, but we wish them well on whatever comes next for the, I mean, they're all still around, but it's just the, that show's ending, but I'm sure they're going to be doing lots of new and great things. Any housekeeping? Uh, I do. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I, what I wanted to find out from folks is, you know, last week we were recording during the Disneyland 60 um, television special. Um, I finally got around to watching it, and I was wondering <laughs> if you all did too, and what your thoughts were, since it seems from all the comments I read, people either loved it or were very disappointed with it. I watched maybe half an hour of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, <clears throat> I wanted to play with the applause thing, the applause app, and see what it was all about, and I was disappointed in that, so I moved on. 
Yeah. It was, yeah, it was I, okay. I expected more or different. I don't know what I expected, well, but... It was, I, I was surprised how little of it actually took place in Disneyland. Yeah. Well, it's celebrating the 60th, which was um, last July, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was fine. Be- I mean, people said it was, you know, one long commercial. And for me, that's the Christmas parade. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean that, there's not even a parade anymore. I mean, it, it, that's the commercial. So I thought it was a step up from that. They started so, out so like it, a commercial and it got better. Because mm-hmm. it went through Pete's Dragon and that was very commercial. And then it got better yes, Mo- and then went back Mowgli to being Mowgli is now in Pete's Dragon. <laughs> is it the same character? No, uh, but it's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... But anyway, yeah, and I tried that Disney Applause too, and it it looks like it has a lot of promise. It's just that it kept doing these really lengthy countdowns, right? And I thought, is that because it it knows when the next? Uh, it only, you know, the it next... was only active during the music portions, right? And our problem was since we'd recorded it, we were fast forwarding <laughs> commercials, so that sort of threw the whole thing off. But we saw it do three. We saw it for three performances, um, both of Elton John's and can't remember what the other one was. Oh, uh, uh, some Derek Huff, Huff number, and it was it was very cute. You know, it was clever. I think it has a lot of potential. Yeah. It would show, you know, an Im- oh, it would no, it was uh, the Let It Go was the th- other number we saw, and it, um, you know, it sort of showed like for the Elton John ones, you know, the castle. And then, like, fireworks, and, uh, you know, these are all drawings. Yeah. And for the Lion King one, it mimics some of the patterns on the castle. And if they've touched the screen, it made patterns. Like yes. Little fireworks yeah, or confetti or something. Yeah, I found that out accidentally. And then <laughs> they sort of did the whole, um, you know, it was sort of like a world of color kind of digital recreation with Mickey's Fun Wheel in the background right. for Let It Go and, and all that. And so it was cute. It was a little distracting. Because, you know, you wanted to watch the show, we wanted to see what it was doing. So it'd be interesting to see where they go from it. My husband's comment, he walked in during the the Adina Menzel number, and he just took one look at it and said, huh, so that's what the glow at the show ears are supposed to look like. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like Uh, the part where they had Dick Van Dyke dancing step. um, Step in time. Yeah, step in time. It was a little short. It was very short. Shows. Yeah, but I think at That's his all, age, yeah. they yes. had to keep it short. He's still remarkable. Yes. Very he he so. was sparkling up there on the stage. So he, uh, I'm glad that they're, um, they've brought him into these shows. But um, I, Kelly and I watched the show after um, I had recorded it, and then we watched it together later. And so we were doing, I didn't use the applause app. But I and I was forwarding through the commercials and everything. So we, I don't know if if to me it, if it was um, like a welcome to Disneyland type of show, I would expect that more on the on the tra- on the travel channel. Right. You know, they have so many Disney shows, so I wasn't expecting something like that. Okay. See, I was sort of expecting you know the old traditional shows that they used to do. For the anniversaries, yeah, those but, don't. Um, I I still enjoyed it. I, I I didn't think it was that bad. Someone show someone shared one from the. I think it was the fortieth anniversary that, um, it was with Danny Kay. 
And oh yeah, that was Drew Barry. Oh no, I was thinking of the Drew Barrymore Epcot. Never mind. I was like, <laughs> but I think he was in that, right? He was. Okay. Yeah, for the opening of Epcot. Whoa, where did that come? Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> wow, Tony, I'm impressed. <laughs> it's '80s. Like I could do anything in the '80s, but that's it. Yeah, it I was apologize. that. It was kind of fun watching that, and, and in that show, they did go all through um, Disneyland. But it was with the uh, the little boy Adam from Eight, Eight is Enough. So that oh, tells you how long ago that was. That. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, Mary Jo, you had an awesome weekend with your diva friends, right? Had an awesome weekend. Yeah, um, that was awesome. <laughs> it was, um, the, lots of pictures are still being posted and there's still some of the divas are there, but it, it kind of officially kicked off on Wednesday with dinner. And then we had a meet and greet on Thursday. There were, I believe, altogether, I believe there were about 80 of us in the parks. And the cool thing is that each day is a different themed colored shirt and everything that everybody did. And there were some items that were on the schedule. So we had an itinerary, but then there were things that also popped up through the weekend. So, you know, some of the schedule things was a scavenger hunt, which I thought was awesome. Not just because my team won, but the scavenger team, the scavenger hunt was a lot of fun. Um, so kudos to that, um, committee and i just want to say kudos to all the committees they had i'm not going to name everybody because it's a lot of people but in the we had a meet and greet committee a philanthropy committee which i'll touch back on the scavenger hunt committee and a scheduling committee that kind of just gave us like at if we wanted to we could go see mickey and the magical map at this time if we wanted to we could ride on this attraction at this time so that way People weren't just wandering around trying to, especially the newbies, to say, you know, who should I meet up with? Especially if people are a little bit shy. So that helped a lot. And then we had um, name tags were made. And these are divas who didn't even, sh- who, who couldn't make it out that weren't there. So Callie and Dan did the, the name tags. They even had a pub crawl. You guys would have liked this. They had a pub crawl each night. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had gone. I saw f- the pictures from the Friday night one. And they had so much fun. She had them doing things like take a picture of something that rhymes with light. No, with white. So people had different pictures. Some Two gals did a picture of fight because that rhymed with white. They had to picture, take pictures of something hairy. So they were going up to random men with beards and taking <laughs> pictures with them. It was just stuff like that. It was, And it was so much fun. So that was really cool. And then there's a lady named Melody who does designs all of our shirts and makes makes them and blings them out for well she doesn't make the shirt but she puts the design on all the shirts and then she blings them out. So this theme this year was diamonds are a diva's best friend and so we had a Minnie Mouse with a diamond a little diamond ring and a little Mickey necklace that was a Mickey head necklace and those were blinged out with um rhinestones. So it was just it was just a lot of fun. And then on one of our divas is an active service member in the Air Force. And so some of us went and saw a flag retreat on Friday. So that was a real, you know how I feel about that. So that was a treat to um, share that with her and we could honor her for her service. But um, back to the meet and greet, our um, philanthropy committee that's headed by Jen Grinnold, um, we did a fundraiser for Give Kids the World, and we raised a little over $8,600 this year. Nice. That's yeah. wonderful. 
It's it, especially since the focus is not give kids the world, but yet everybody kind of pulls together. And one of our divas got a grant from her work um, for five thousand, and that, that, of course, that's what that bumped it up. But the fact that people care so much and they want to help um, is pretty cool. And some of some of our gals have actually uh, volunteered at the village, so it was we. It was a fun weekend. Um, a lot of good came out of it. More friends were made um, because of it. Oh, and thing about my um, Stephanie that was honored at the flag retreat. Somebody gave her a flag retreat button. I didn't even know they existed. But there's a Disneyland flag retreat button, and I don't know if it's Disneyland that gives it out or one it, of the people who go there. It's one of the people that goes there. Carol and I got one a while back. Okay. That, I thought that was very touching that this gentleman went up and, and gave it to her. And, and, you know, a lot of us know one of the color guards, his name is, um, Ernest, um, we call him Gunny. And so he talked to Steph and she was really happy to be able to talk to him and he honored her and thanked her for her service. So again, I, I do encourage everybody to see that. And anybody, if they want the, you know how they have the big, um, we talked about it last week, the promotion to share your ears for make a wish. Mm-hmm. They're still selling the Mickey ears with the make a, for the make a wish. So if you're interested in getting them and you go in the near future, you should be able to buy them at the store on the corner. I think it's called the China closet, um, on main street. Yeah, uh, Lois, Lois Fleece five and dime had five and dime had them also. Did they? Okay. Yeah. yeah I was surprised. I thought they were only going to sell them one day, but. They still have them, so people. While supplies use... last, yeah. I'm sorry, Tom. While supplies last. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so th- ev- everything from them goes to Make a Wish, so that's very cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Except for sales tax. California. I'd like to needs... get one, but I'm not going down anytime soon. If they still have them next week, let me know if you want it. I'll pick it up for oh. you. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. I would. Thank did, you. Did you mm-hmm. get? Did you get him the rest of the the oh, yep. cards? Yep, I got the I got the the last card. I believe was the, they only had one, and it was the Monte Cristo sandwich. Oh, yeah. There was only one because I, I thought I don't know. I picked well, up a bunch of them. Well, no, there was only one for this week, oh, okay. and all the other ones were for the prior weeks. Okay. And they didn't have a pamphlet for this week because I've been getting those for you too, Michael. And they didn't have one this week because they said there was some um, typos on it, and so they just decided not to give it out. So we were a little, little disappointed. Yeah, I went. I went to stage seventeen and had my free water and got got the button. And then I'm like, okay, I want to see what's happening in in Blue Sky Cellar just to see. And they had a table with two baskets full of all the rest the rest of the buttons for the weeks and stacks of all of the menu cards. Oh, so you, you could catch up. Well, because it was the last weekend, so they uh-huh. were they were they were blowing it all out. So. By by uh, yesterday, they had run out of the Main Street buttons. Okay. Well, so they, yeah. yeah. So they had Fantasyland and and Adventureland, and the last button was for Tomorrowland, and I and I could only get one, so, so that was it. But I thought that was a fun promotion. Yeah. The my friend, one of the divas, she really liked Baymax, and hmm. so she got there early in the morning, and she the line was crazy for Baymax. She was there for over an hour waiting to get in to get his picture, but she did. And so she was happy. And speaking of lines, 
11 o'clock in the morning, some of my friends went over to the Cove Bar and (laughs) (laughs) they missed the first seating. And I know this because I joined them. It was because I wanted to try Cove Bar too. And it, that line was an hour. It took, we got in at noon. Wow. So, um, and when we got out, the line was just as long, if not a little bit longer for people who want to go over there. But we had the lobster nachos and the tri-tip nachos and a few of their um, liquid refreshments. Refreshments. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I, I found out that I really like hard root beer. I got to taste some. So we were saying stuff. that. Oh my gosh, hard root beer with a scoop of vanilla ice cream would be awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was fun. A lot of, lot of, we, we met up. And in fact, uh, today I took two of um, my diva friends back to the airport and they said that they were in line for Radiator Springs Racers. And this guy told him, he said, I'm a lurker on the Diz and I know who you are. <laughs> he, he said, yeah, well, but he said he said that um, they have a good reputation, so it was nice to hear that. So you said it. They were say they asked him. I hope it's not bad. And he goes, no, no. He goes, it's a good. Re- it's, you're you're well known, and it's a good reputation. So, but they got a kick out of that that um, some man recognized the divas. That's cute. Uh huh. Yeah. So people, one of one of the divas, um, her daughter wanted to go. This is the first. I don't want to say her name because I don't know. If she won't like it, but. She turned 18 and she raised her own money so that she could join her mother this year and she paid for her trip. Nice. Yeah. And I saw her pictures and she's talking about next year. So another one joins our rank. So I'm glad that, you know, it's for the young and old that she just turned 18 and then we have people like me, you know, her a little bit older. And so it's nice. 19, yes. Just 21, 21. What do you mean 21? You're old enough enough to drink drink. hard lemonade. Oh, yeah. So, yes. I love you guys. <laughs> but that's it. It was a lot All of fun. Right. Very cool. A uh, couple quick things from the parks. Um, not to spoil a, a rapid fire that show that for later, but I was at a word wieners purchasing something and I, it's, it's counter service. And she asked me, do you have an annual pass? I'm like, yes, but we don't get discounts here. She's like, Oh no, you do. Like okay, oh, yeah, I got one the last time. I'm like I was okay, there. so then what's surprised. what's the rule? She's like, well, it's any place. This is what her her justification. Any place that serves a complete meal, hmm. you get your discount. So that's another. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't know that that's correct, but that's yeah. So always ask. Always ask if there's annual pass holder discount because like some some because I don't think there is at Tomorrowland Terrace, is there? And that yeah, serves uh, a complete meal. I don't know. Well, there's you definitely know. not at the Cozy Cones, right? Because that's not a complete meal, right? Well, you could say the middle cone cone number uh, three yeah, no, no. with the chili verde cones. No, that's a snack. But it, yeah, that's still. I can tell snack. you. I can look at my receipts from when I went to yeah, Tomorrowland right. Terrace. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. And while he's looking at that, other quick thing. A month or two ago, I was talking about the pinball machine, the Indiana Jones pinball machine it, in the gift shop in Adventureland, and it had disappeared. It's back. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. good. 
So that, that's that's actually surprised me that they actually put it back. So it must have just gone in for repairs or something like that. So Indie Pinball is back. Any other housekeeping? Wow, quiet. All right, uh, let's head over to the news. Michael, can you start, please? Sure. Well, we we had a very sad death t- um, on the day we're recording this, February 28th. Uh, a Disney legend in every sense of that word, Jack Lindquist, passed away at the age of 88. Um, Jack was born in Chicago on March 15th, 1927. His family moved to Los Angeles when he was four, and he was a child actor. Um, he was an extra in the episodes of that old Our Gang series, oh. and he danced in the Lucille Ball film, Best Foot Forward. After graduating from Hollywood High, he spent two years in the U.S. Air Force and then got his degree at the University of Southern California. He was hired by Walt Disney as Disneyland's first advertising manager, and he eventually played a key role in making the park a world-famous tourist attraction. From marketing the original e-tickets to lobbying for Disneyland's expansion in 2000, Jack was involved in nearly every aspect of the theme park. He had a a relatively hands-off management style. Uh, He just trusted people to do their job. And Jack was among the most beloved of park executives. Um, Disneyland's former executive vice president, Ron Dominguez, once said, Jack is Jack. No matter where he is or what he is doing, he respects people. He goes out of his way not to be set up on a pedestal. So Jack was hired by Disney in 1965 when he became director of marketing. Um, He later developed a marketing strategy for Walt Disney World and in 1972 was named vice president of marketing for Disneyland and Disney World. And four years later, he was named vice president of marketing for Walt Disney Attractions. And in 1982, he was again promoted to executive vice president of marketing and entertainment for all the company's outdoor recreation activities. Uh, Jack went on to set up the marketing division for Tokyo Disneyland and as executive vice president of creative marketing concepts for Walt Disney attractions, he developed promotional and entertainment ideas for Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris. And in 1990, Michael Eisner named Jack president of Disneyland, a position he called the best in the world. A former cast member recalls Jack always came through Tomorrowland with a smile and worked the back stockroom of Star Trader like he was one of us. Everybody liked Jack, said Brian Alters, a professor at Chapman University who teaches a course on Disney. Jack had the amazing, innate, and educated talent to go around the world and sell Disneyland that, that this is an amazing place that they should go. During his 38 years at the company, he spearheaded dozens of Disney projects. And it's amazing what he did. It's in, included Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Club, Disney Dollars, the Disneyland Pigskin Classic, the I'm Going to Disneyland and Walt Disney World What's Next marketing program, the New Year's Eve parties, the Ambassador program, grad nights, off-site ticket sales, and advanced ticket sales for special events, and the tradition of nightly fireworks over the castle. He also lobbied for expansion of Disneyland and the development of a second theme park for Disneyland Resort. 
Um, I first met Jack during a special program at the Walt Disney Family Museum commemorating the 55th anniversary of Disneyland. And Jack talked about the marketing programs he initiated that are now standard. And he said in those first years, we didn't know we couldn't do something, so we just did it. When talking about his favorite celebrity encounter at Disneyland, Jack said it was when he saw Walt, who called him Bob. The name stuck. Walt said he thought Jack looked more like a Bob. So in November 2015, Jack was at the Walt Disney Family Museum to speak about the Disney Ambassador Program, along with several past Disney ambassadors. So with the 10th anniversary of Disneyland approaching, Jack knew that Walt Disney could not represent the park at all the press events and special activities. So Jack decided they needed a Disney ambassador who could represent Disneyland and travel around the world doing public relations for the park. Of all his accomplishments, Jack was the most proud of the success of the ambassador program. So Jack Lindquist retired on Mickey Mouse's 65th birthday, November 18th, 1993. A month later, he was honored with a window on Main Street, USA City Hall, which reads, J.B. Lindquist, Honorary Mayor of Disneyland, Jack of all trades, Master of Fun. His likeness can also be found on a pumpkin in Mickey's Toontown. He also has a window in on the Main Street of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. It says Peterson Travel Agency, reservations by cable, anywhere in the world, exclusive representatives of the Titanic Passages, booked by Sea and Rail, Jack Lindquist Purser. So, um, he, in 1994, Jack was named a Disney legend. Jack published his very colorful memoir, <laughs> In Service to the Mouse, in 2010, Jack knew where all the bodies were, and he had no problem sharing that information in his books and in his public speaking. Um, in 2015, Jack was inducted into the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, or IAPA, Hall of Fame. Um, in a statement, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger said of Jack Lindquist, Jack Lindquist was a Disney original in every sense. He started his career as Disneyland's first advertising manager. He later served as the park's first president, a role he always referred to as the best job in the world. Hmm. He made sure Disneyland was the happiest place on earth for each guest who walked through the gates, setting the standard for every leader that followed. Those of us who had the good fortune to know Jack will always remember the kindness, humility, and dedication that made him such an important part of this company, and a true Disney legend. Uh, when Jack Lindquist started working at Disneyland, he knew it was a special place. Um, in I heard Jack tell this story, and it was what his favorite story to tell. Um, it was about a Christmas Eve night in 1995. <laughs> and when he was walking down Main Street, he saw a family enjoying the park. And the little girl turned to her parents and said, Mom, this really is better than having Santa Claus. Wow. So the, par the parents must have told their children that if they went to Disneyland, Santa couldn't bring presents. And Jack regretted he did not have the authority to provide special gifts or access at that time. I think earlier I said he was hired in 65. It was 55. Um, Jack said, To me, this one brief moment proved to be my most meaningful memory at the park because it symbolized what we mean to people. We are not a cure for cancer. We are not going to save the world. 
But if we can make people happy for a few hours or for a day, then we are doing something worthwhile. Jack Lindquist is survived by his wife Isabel and his five children, David, Gary, Troy, Jim, and Kimberly, 16 grandchildren, and seven great-grandchildren. So thank you, Jack, for all the fun times at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I hope you and Walt are catching up and enjoying a heavenly scotch miss. Hmm. He was quite a character. Oh, he was. I mean, he was a hoot. And he was sharp as a tack. Mm -hmm. You know, he was starting to lose his hearing a little, but that was it. Otherwise, he remembered everything. So, and I actually found out another Disney legend passed away this month. And you're, you may not know him until I mention one thing. And I'm going to mispronounce his last name, so I apologize. It's Al Conetzini. He was inducted into a Disney legend as, in 1999. He, in 1953, he joined Walt Disney Productions as an artist and idea man for the character merchandising division. So for 28 years, he developed ideas for toys, clothing, stationery, greeting cards, jewelry, and more with all the Disney characters. You know him for one thing, a, po- a lunchbox with a host of Disney characters on board a school bus. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was his. It sold 9 million units by 1976. <laughs> so anyway, so he passed away on Monday, February 8th at the age of 100. All right. Thank you, Michael. All right, Tony, you're up. Let's start with the happy story. Okay. Well, happy's all in your perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's all perspective, okay. yes. So, I mean, depending. So, Luigi's rollicking roll- roadsters to disappoint Tony and open one day after he goes back on the road. <laughs> Sorry. Luigi's rollicking roadsters to open March 7th at Disney California Adventure Park. So, Luigi. Luigi. It's late. Him too, yeah. Yeah, Luigi, the other, the other, it's Bizarro Luigi. Yes. With the, with the, uh, go Evil twin. Yeah, the evil twin. Luigi has invited his cousins from Italy to Radiator Springs for a special celebration that Luigi's Rollick and Roasters, presented by Alamo, we don't have a financial relationship with them, but obviously Disney does, yes. opens March 7th at Disney California Adventure Park. In this all new attraction, Luigi will turn the tire storage yard behind his shop into a dance floor. Carsland guests will be able to ride along with Luigi's cousins as they move and spin to upbeat Italian music, performing the traditional dances of their hometown village. Each dancing car will have its own high spirit of personality and signature dance moves, making every ride unpredictable as you won't know which way they will turn and spin next. So, I'm excited actually. I'm looking forward to going on it. Me too. And, and the good news for pass holders, there's a preview on Friday the 4th. So if you have an annual pass all day on Friday the 4th, you can ride. Will it, will it be open? So is it when? Oh, what day is March 7th? What day is Monday. Week? Monday. So what's going to happen when I go on Saturday? I don't know. I'm going to get on. You so just are. so you know. Okay, so in the news for next week. Tony Local Crash podcaster Crash. Tony Spatel was arrested as he tried <laughs> to get into Luigi's posters. I, I posted a video of it on Facebook earlier this week. And I was talking to my friend David, um, and we, we both noticed that people don't look like they're having much of a good time. 
<laughs> we thought that was hilarious because you know they were cast members. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's very similar to, to folks who have been to uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. It's a land version of Aquatopia, which is an equally thrilling attraction. <laughs> Aquatopia sounds like that would have been so cool to go on, though. It was, but they took out a lot of the special effects and stuff. Um, it, you, it was sort, it was more thrilling as you went around, you know. And again, it was a, the wireless track, and you were in water. And then, but every once in a while, there would be like a air would shoot water up right in front of you, like a geyser and stuff. So that made it fun. But apparently, that's all that they no longer do that. There was a time they were considering bringing Aquatopia over for the uh, motorboat lagoon. Really? Yeah. To put something in there. Mm-hmm. But, well, obviously, they were desperate. But um, <laughs> Anyway, but go ahead and, and see if Aquatopia is on YouTube, you know, after the show. Not, not right <laughs> yeah, after the show. <laughs> All right. We've been, we've been putting it off long enough. Go ahead. Okay, so in the opposite of Rollickin... Disneyland tickets to cost as much as $119 on peak days as park turns to demand-based pricing. (sighs) Going to Disneyland or DCA will cost $95 to $119 for an adult, depending on the day, as the two parks go to demand-based pricing beginning on... Today. Today. Yeah. So, um... I think, you know what, wait, let's look at it positive. Maybe we could do that for our shows. Like, the really good ones, maybe we charge 99 cents right, for. Right, right, Tonight, yeah. not so much. Not so much for that, no. Or my uh, great top five that was, like, the biggest horrible one ever. We'll pay people if they listen. Yes. <laughs> okay, so. An adult ticket had cost $99. Under what Disney calls seasonal pricing, Customers will pay $95 for value days, $105 regular days, and $119 for peak days. For the rest of the year, there are, of 2016, there are 83 value days, mostly Mondays through Thursdays, during off-season months or when school is normally in session. There are 142 regular days, covering most weekends and summer days. And there are 83 peak days that fall on spring break, some summer weekends, and nearly all of December. So our friend Susie Brown said the demand for our theme parks continues to grow, particularly during peak periods. In addition to expanding our parks, we are adopting seasonal pricing on our one-day ticket to help better... This is the great... I love that. I'm going to use this term now. To help better spread visitation throughout the year. That's an impressive sentence. Better spread visitation. I didn't know visitation could be spread. Like it's butter. Downtown Disney visitors said, said that the increase won't be large when the OC Register interviewed them, enough to stop them from visiting the park in the future, of course. And so they said a $20 increase wouldn't affect them that much. It's not really going to break the bank. But I thought this what uh, this unnamed Bruce, well, Bruce, but not um, last name, said, I think things like food in the park are what's adding up more, which I find interesting. I just thought that was an interesting little perspective. And most of the people said, oh, yeah, we're still going. Um, and then, um, but some people on social media haven't been as happy. And just so you know, attendance at Disney's U.S. Parks is up 10% over last year's first quarter, according to the company's latest fiscal report. And I'm just going to turn it over to Tom. Oh, and the pricing calendar is available on the Disneyland website. 
Pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Yeah, I said I'm going to just hand it over to Tom. You know, sometimes when they make a big deal out of, like, like in politics, where they make a big deal out of something to draw your attention away from something else they're doing? Uh-huh. Nobody buys, not that many people buy one-day tickets. Yeah. Yet right. everybody is stressing about this seasonal pricing for one-day tickets. Yet the hoppers went up anywhere from four and a half to eight and a half percent. Or the, oh, wow. the multi-day tickets, sorry, the multi-day tickets went up from four and a half to eight and a half percent. We haven't seen those kind of increases since uh, 2012. Yeah. Wow. So so they said, hey, so you're, well, you're, I'm going to clarify, I'm going to be the interviewer. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that everybody's going crazy because of value pricing, but then that's covering the fact that they didn't just separately increase, and park hoppers are going up, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so adult park hopper, let's let's go to straight to the top. Five-day park hopper for adults went up 6.3%. Last year, it went up 3.2%. 2014 went up 1.6%. 2013 went up 3.4%. Yeah, that's what Carol, what jumped out at me and Carol. Because she would, but don't, sometimes Carol would get a one day because of the type of Disneyland pass we got her this year. Right. So she figured, well, if it's on a weekend that we, uh, her pass is blocked out, she'll just get a one day ticket right. or a park hopper. Now it's, it's yeah. more economical for her just to yeah. get the more expensive one. Yeah, but the, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that the, the jumps on the multi day tickets are, are significant. And nobody's talking about that. Just so you know, I did a little research here on the interwebs, and the inflation rate for 2016 was 1.37%. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And last year it was negative. Obviously, probably due to gas prices or whatever. But um, So, yeah, it's good that they're keeping I mean, they can't use that as the reason. Well, and, and this is less is more at its finest because there are less attractions in the park and they're charging us more. So it's not like they're saying, oh, and with this, we are going to hire more cast members to help you. Or, I mean, they're not doing anything that is going to increase uh, our pleasure or enjoyment in the parks to justify this raise. It's just... um, In fact, aren't they cutting the resort 20% because of Shanghai? Yeah. uh, Yeah, so... um, But, you know... But Luigi's isn't good enough for you? (laughs) <laughs> it's rollicking. It's rollicking. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Mary Jo, you've been awfully quiet. No, I'm just looking at the at the increase. The one that's the usually I think the more the most popular is the the three day hoppers. Okay. Three day hoppers, and that's eight and a half percent increase. Um, let's see. No, the hoppers one uh, seven percent, seven and a half, seven seven and a quarter percent. I'm sorry, the three day one park. That's what I'm looking at. Okay, eight, eight and a half percent. Yeah, right. Because I, I think, okay. yeah, I mean... It went up 4% last year. So that's doubled. But that's still, that's uh, that's pretty darn close to 10% yeah. increase. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually the, one of the, that's like of the multi-day, that's the highest increase is the three-day. Mm-hmm. And I know that people, compl- when we went this past weekend, it was so crowded. We commented so many times on this is on a Friday during 
uh, non-peak time. There was nothing happening that weekend. And I would say that the crowd was maybe eight. There were a lot of people. The lines were really long. Um, and besides it being warm and everything, and I couldn't figure out why there were so many people in the park on a regular work day and school day. A lot of kids, a lot of just, it was just really crowded on Friday. The weekends I'm coming to expect it pretty much, but I was surprised that Friday, even in the morning, because I was there early. There were so many people there. I remember that. Go ahead. No, no, I'm here. I interrupted. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, we always talk about how crowded it is, it is at the parks and Disney's raising the, the money. People are, they just keep paying it. And of course it's pricing out the people who can't afford it. I don't see an easy fix to it. It make, it, it makes me kind of sad that people are not going to be able to go to the park. They're going to be outpriced, but I don't see another way of, of handling the crowds unless they cap it unless you're staying in. But then again, if you're staying at one of the good neighbor resorts that you book through the Walt Disney travel company or the Disney hotels, you know, you're guaranteed an entrance to the park and everybody else, you know, if there's room, then you can go. I don't know another, I don't know how they're going to manage the crowd levels. Right. Well, you know, and with, without raising the prices, which, you know, helps them. But So, I have questions for everybody. I remember back in the day that it seemed to be if you went on a Saturday when all the SoCal pass holders were blacked out, or even like a July 4th, it was actually not that crowded because no, all the pass holders couldn't go. And so they've gotten rid of that, and you're saying the weekends are still crowded even though now it's more expensive and there's less pass holders. Do you think this is going to actually decrease crowds or is it just going to actually just increase crowds on the days where you could like the Monday through Thursdays? You see what I'm saying? Do you think it's going to, I don't think it's going to affect crowds. It's just going to make, I don't either. It's going to just going to make more money for Disney. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at December and December weekends and the last two weeks are going to be prime. So it it might affect the December. Remember, this is only one day tickets. It's affecting one day one day tickets and one day park hoppers are the only ones that are seasonal pricing. I agree with you then. I just think it's interesting they did it now. So it's gonna be, it's gonna what it's gonna do is for all of these. Um, school kids that go on the one day for their schools, even though they get the group rates, I'm pretty sure that they're going to also be charged a group rate for the regular, you know, regular and peak. Right. It's going to affect them. So it looks like October is going to be really crowded with school kids. And also, you know, you have your cheer competitions and, and other things that happen. And please don't get the discounted tickets though. So, You yeah, should have had Tony finish with a happy story. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to have the the proposed effect or the the quoted effect that it's supposed to have. It's not going to happen. Do you think? Yeah, no. It seems very naive of them if they truly believe that. Right. Well, I'm wondering if the, if you think that. Do you think that what people will think is 
you know, since I'm paying this amount anyway, I may as well get the three-day, you know, one-park tickets or, you know, instead of the one-day tickets and you, and go to the parks more then. Possible. A lot of people are looking at the SoCal Park Hopper, which should be ending pretty soon, shouldn't it? Um, or does that go for a little bit longer? I think it goes for... I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's still good because I I double-checked. Like, coworkers and stuff I've talked to seem to be aiming more for, like, that ticket, you know, as opposed to doing the one day. All right. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Let's head... That's that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> it, nobody seems very happy about it, no, you know. It's, just, it's funding no. Shanghai. That's why they did it now because yeah. they need the money for Shanghai well, to get I mean, it open on time. It used to be it used to be what June, and then it moved to February, and now it's been February. So it's it's the traditional. It's funding Shanghai. It's funding Star Wars. Yeah. It's interesting. It's right before the opening of Harry Potter Land. Yeah. I saw an article that they're having trouble with uh, code. Uh, like like um, people throwing up on Harry Potter. Oh, is it because of the three D? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an intense ride anyway. Yeah. I have to double Dramamine for it. <laughs> All right, time for rapid fires. I think I'm going to go first, just okay. because I can. A uh, couple, actually, one very quick, not uh, spray farm update, and then a more lengthy update. Uh, Riptide is closed. Okay, that's done. Um, <laughs> you know what Riptide, Riptide was the one where they flip everybody? Yes. And yeah. then the water shoots up in the, the middle? The water shoots up in the middle. Yeah. yeah, that, that one. Uh, I wonder what they're going to put there. In the, I, I mean, know, that's such I, a small... We, we said, I, was, I was there on Friday and we said something to somebody, one of the reps about Riptide being closed. She's like, what? Where? What? What? So they're kind of <laughs> in denial about it. Um, all right. So I attended a media event on Friday at Knott's Berry Farm, where they announced, wow, announced details of their upcoming Ghost Town 75th anniversary celebration. Um, I'm still waiting for my hard hat. They promised it was a hard hat tour. Never got my hard hat, but I'm not bitter. Um, (laughs) The event is taking place May 27th through September 5th. If those dates sound familiar, that's Memorial Day through Labor Day. Um, and they kick off with the reopening of Ghost Rider. And, uh, yeah, I always talk about Ghost Rider, a classic wooden coaster. It's really not that old, but it's a wooden coaster. Um, they worked with Great Coasters International to refurbish the coaster. Um, the actual length of the coaster, the length of the ride is the same, but they've changed some of the infrastructure, um, including a new lift hill chain. And the elimination of the mid-ride break. So you used to go through the ride and then you'd break and then start going again. So with that break gone, they have had to adjust some of the ride to control the speeds. So they raised one of the one of the dips so it's not quite as quite as dippy. Go, yeah, dippy, thank you. That's the word I was not really looking for, but um, and then the good news is they've added some banking to the curves. Really? Yeah, so. I, I was actually thinking, like, for a second, it's like banking. Like, yeah. 
No, they, I'm thinking like money. Yeah, no. Shows you so where they, my mind is. They've re, you know, they've re, Thank you for clarifying, Pam. Yeah, I, 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 the whole I thing. Get, they've got new trains coming in, brand new trains. Uh, so it, it looks like it's going to be a good ride. Uh, hopefully it's smoother than it was. But, I mean, it should be the re- it's they're doing a whole new track, whole new um, the wood the wood part and the middle part. So it should be good. Uh, other news, other changes coming to Ghost Town. They are, uh, there's a brand new stunt show coming. So they've tore down the whole um, stage and stuff for the stunt show and rebuilding that. Going to have a brand new show. The Calico Saloon is undergoing a, I'm going to call it a beautification. They've got all new woodwork in there. The bar in there is beautiful. They, they're not finished with it yet, but you can see that it's, it's, it's just beautiful carving. Um, they added, they updated the staircase, uh, and they're going to have a whole new show in there. Um, they're going to serve beer in there now. Wow. Uh, plus some, plus some food items in there. So that's, that's going to be really cool. And that actually is going to open up probably in less than a month. So that's going to be open early. Um, then they are going to, they've got this thing called, that's coming called Ghost Town Alive, which is going to be an interactive thing, like some of the things that Disneyland's been doing in Adventureland and Frontierland, that kind of thing, um, where you interact with, with um, people of the town of Calico. Uh, and they're, they're going to have to do some work in Ghost Town, but they're not going to do any of that until after the Knott's Berry Festival. When is so, the, what are the dates? Do you remember? I know that was mentioned before. It's I think it's for the next couple of weeks. I think I'd, I'd have to look at it. But I need to I need to get out there. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I think it ends April third. Right like in that. time for food and wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna make make a lot of Ghost Town interactive. Um, they are. Tearing down the Calico stage, which is the the stage that like they did the the Christmas show. Oh, where the, yeah, the Christmas yeah. tree and the hanging yeah. for Halloween. Yes, stuff. that's gonna go away, and in that in that area is gonna be just a park setting. And so at the end of the day, all of the residents of Calico will come over there, and they're having a, a dance or something like that. The new stage oh. is going to be across the tracks, where that swinging ride used to be. Oh, they got rid of that ride. They got rid of the ride. The one you had to pay extra for? Yeah. So the it, stage is going to be there. That's going to be the new Calico stage. That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It gets it, because right now the Calico stage kind of breaks the the view of a lot of... It doesn't flow right. right. So okay. Yeah. So that's where that's going. Um, let's see. Other updates. Starbucks opens March 18th in the Marketplace. And Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant has been gutted almost. Good. Yes. And should reopen. There's still they, there's no confirmed date on that. It's still just spring 2016. But they are doing so much work in there. They're they're um, putting in like vaulted ceilings and just I mean it's it's going to be awesome. You want the you want the Good news or the great news about Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant? First tell wow. us the good and then the great. Good news is Build that the, me- the menu is not changing 
at I all. think that's good. I like the menu there. It was not yeah. changing at all. And and um, the director of food and beverage was so proud of that. that he's like, why? Why? This is, yeah. yeah, I mean. I agree. Great news. They're adding a patio that overlooks uh, the marketplace. And they're adding a full bar inside. This is not chicken in a restaurant. So you'll be able to enjoy cocktails at the bar. You can um, order the order the chicken dinner restaurant, but they will also have some special appetizers at the bar that are probably like barbecue themed. You know the the stuff they've been testing at the Berry Festival, the ribs or you know chicken fingers, you know boysenberry chicken fingers or something like that. So and of course boysenberry cocktails. But um, looks they they I mean Knotts is so proud of the work they're doing over there. So it's it's really really cool to see see them doing this kind of stuff and I'm, I'm kind of excited to see Me how, too. how the chicken dinner restaurant turns out. We should do a team, cool. team dinner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'll okay, keep an bye. eye on when, when they, when they reopen and we'll, we'll do that. Ooh, we'll all have to order a boysenberry teeny. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, think, right. I think that we'd have to, we have to experience <laughs> it. Yes. All right. Uh, Nancy. Okay. So, We've got some new merchandise information updates for March. March is our special month. Um, Why is it special? Well, we've got a couple because holidays. That's the one we're talking about. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was a little slower than the other months. <laughs> In like a lion, out like a lamb. Anyway. Continue. Anyway. Okay. So, um, would you like merchandise first? Or we'll go merchandise first, and then we'll go tasty things. Okay. Don't don't steal Mary Jo's rapid fire. Mary Jo didn't have a rapid fire. She does now. Oh, she does. Okay. <laughs> I don't know you what it is, so I can't. Mine's, mine's at award wieners, Nancy. Oh, never mind then. One. So I won't. I won't steal anything. So um, we have a lot of um, artists coming in March. Um, Wonderground Gallery, March 5th. Um, they're going to have a bunch of new works released by Brian Crosby, Jeremiah Kettner, Shomires, and Gabby Zapata from 11 to 1. Also on March 5th at Wonderground, um, meet artist Jeremiah Kettner. See some of his stuff from 2 to 5. Um, now, March 18th to 27, if you're a big Precious Moments fan, um, there will be um, re- uh, the release of the new spring collection. Um, doll designer Linda Rick, who's fairly famous for them, um, <laughs> will be there March 18th to 20th and March 25th to 27th from noon to 10 p.m. at the World of Disney. Um, also on that same Saturday and Sunday, our dear friend, Mr. Dave Avanzino. Hi, Dave. Um, we'll be at Disneyana on Main Street, um, selling any of his wonderful stuff, especially the custom letter and ticket book clocks. Um, Dave will be there from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day. Um, let's see. And, um... Another um, artist-in-residence appearing every weekend in March, just about. Um, in fact, every weekend, 5 to 9 p.m., will be Drake Brodahl. So, um, at the Wonderground Gallery, and that's every weekend in March from 5 to 9. So, that is our merchandise. Now, let's get to the yummies to celebrate all those fun holidays. St. Patrick's Day, we have a special... Shamrock Shakes! 
<laughs> I like them. We have a, a, everything is green. So we have the uh, leprechaun Mickey apple, and he is caramel and chocolate, and then rolled halfway in green sanding sugar with little yellow jelly bean buttons, and a cute little green marshmallow hat. Um, there's also um, the Mickey cake pops and the uh, marshmallows are also in that same green. So, um, so will the, um, let's see, so the Krispies, the Cake Pops, and the Marshmallow Wands are also, and that's March 6th to 19th. Now, they're also introducing some super cute Cake Pops and Apples for Easter. Um, the Cake Pops are a bee, a ladybug, and a spring chick. Mm-hmm. And um, the offerings for the apples are super cute. It's a Mickey and Minnie, like, Easter basket sort of shape. They're in blue and purple. Um, and then there's also a cute little spring chick hatching from an egg oh. as, as their Easter app, their spring apple. And, um, yeah, this next apple, wow. <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, they're doing barks as well. Um, you know, where it's just basically the chocolate with all the stuff on top of it broken into pieces. Um, that's a bark for those who are not familiar with candy lingo. Um, so there is a pastel marshmallow apple and a pastel marshmallow bark. Um, this pastel marshmallow apple, it's very super cute. It's um, done in caramel first, and then they combine peanut... Let's see. Well, maybe it, it... They usually have caramel, so I'm assuming there's caramel. There may not be caramel. They combined peanut butter and white chocolate, layered it with vanilla cookies, which are kind of like the yellow Oreos, kind of, um, and um, drizzled it in, or, or stuck white chocolate, or stuck pastel marshmallows, the, you know, the pink and the green and yellow Easter marshmallows, um, and then drizzled it with peanut butter and white chocolate on top of all that. It looks like kind of a mound of marshmallows with cookies around the bottom. Anyway, so they have that in a bark as well. And for those of you who really are not big white chocolate fans, the other March Gourmet line is the the apple is um, triple chocolate. So they are, of course, dipped in caramel, enrobed in milk chocolate, rolled in semi-sweet chocolate chips, and then drizzled with more milk white and dark chocolate. And then they have a crispy and a bark that are the same way. So those are all of the sweets and artistic endeavors coming to you from the parks. And I wanted to throw one extra really quick thing in. I found a really fun website that I wanted to tell you guys about called welikela.com. And not only do they have things like cool events in March, but they also have daily 10 fun things to do in LA for every day. So if you're at the Disneyland Resort and you want something interesting to do just for that day because, you know, you want to do something you can't decide, maybe you're, you're feeling free for all, this is a really fun little website. 
Say with say the name again, Nancy. The name is WeLikeLA.com. I think I get an email um, updates from them, but I agree with you. I, it's cool things to do. Um, that and you can get updated. There's there's sometimes people come in and they say, "Well, let's do something in LA today or tomorrow, right?" Right. And they can go to this website and it'll get give them all kinds of ideas. Like, for instance, did you know there's music for train stations? Every Friday in March, Union Station is teaming up with musical curators at Dub Lab for music um, festivities. And then That's it talks cool. about things like the March, the Los Angeles Lantern Festival on March 5th at, at El Pueblo Historical Monument. Um, and then... You know, you're a runner, you're at Disneyland, you want something to do. There's a champagne runch at a start on March 6th um, at the Queen Mary Park. You know, we've talked about all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, a poltergeist screening at the Abandoned Zoo in Griffith Park on March 11th, Friday night. You know, the, if Paley Fest... Paley Fest, March 11th through 20th, you can get tickets to go sit in on Q&As at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood and listen to people talk, you know, see your, see television stars, listen to them talk about their shows. There's even a Walking Dead one for the all of our... The Walking Dead is very popular among Disney fans. Don't ask me why, but <clears throat> there are still tickets available for that one. Um, just little stuff. Uh... You know, here's Descanso Gardens, March 12th and 13th, the Cherry Blossom Festival. The Redondo Beach, we talked about Redondo Beach. The, the Kite Festival, March 13th. That's a free event. So, all this stuff is, you know, right here. Very so, cool. yeah. So, it, it's a, like I said, it's a fun thing and it, and it, it does daily updates too. So. Alright, thank you, Nancy. Michael. Well, you'd have to be as mad as a March Hare not to want to go to the Walt Disney Family Museum in March. Mm-hmm. So some of the things coming up, uh, the exhibit on Animator Mel Shaw continues in the Theater Lobby Gallery that is curated by none other than Don Hahn. The film of the month is The Parent Trap, starring Haley Mills' mm-hmm. as identical twins. The original. Separated at birth. The original. I would have thought they would have needed a lot of therapy, those two twins. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that plays daily in March, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 1 p.m., Sunday at 3 p.m. in the theater. Uh, the Little Open Studio in March is Crazy Cars with Wacky Wheels. This is sort of a tribute to Disney legend and Imagineer Bob Gurr, because he's most famously known for the vehicles he designed for Disneyland attractions, including Utopia and the Monorail, so the Little Mouseketeers can design and build a vehicle using wheels, dowels, rubber bands, straws, and zip ties. And then they can test their vehicles to see if they can... W- survive a ride through the little open studio race course then of course they can go into the gallery to see the very first utopia car bob made on display and that is every saturday sunday and monday in march 10 a.m to noon in the learning center in open studio for our older mouseketeers this is animating text um, inspired by walt disney's talent for finding the unusual in the usual you can bring words to life through animation as they and watch as they 
become characters of their own. This is in conjunction with the talk this month. So they're going to take the letters in the word B, B-E-E, -E, and they're going to transform each letter and animate it. And um, so they're only, they're only um, limited by their imagination. So, and actually they can reimagine all 26 letters of the alphabet if they want to. That's every Saturday and Sunday in March, 1 to 4 p.m. in the Learning Center. There is a workshop. This sounds interesting. The 30-second story with Van Partible. It's a two-day workshop to develop a short yet captivating story told in less than a minute. And animator Van Partible is the creator of the animated TV series Johnny Bravo. And he'll teach key methods in developing concept characters and setting for a short piece. So this is runs over two days, um, Saturday and Sunday, March 5th and 6th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Learning Center. They're continuing their stories on stage series. This one is called Quack, Gobble, Squawk, and Other Animal Tales with Kirk Waller. So this is a storyteller. Kirk Waller is going to present um, some really fun origin stories and animal fables and um, how they can be tales, how they came to be tales. So anyway, this is Sunday, March 6th, 12 to 1 in the theater. The talk this month is on Saturday, March 19th. It's the making of Samorg. Uh, and again, this is a um, Persian um, des um, animator, Mega Dasadi, who he was inspired by Persian calligraphic design, art by art, to design his characters. So he's going to show how he leveraged his coding and technical skills to give life to the calligraphic letters and anim and animate his birds anyway so and that is march 19th at 1 p.m in the theater and that's about all that's happening that month in march if you want more information and especially on tickets just go to www.waltdisney.org so don't be mad like that hair head over to the walt disney family museum very cool thank you michael mary jo as we speak, California Adventure Park is celebrating Zootopia with a tasty treat over at Award Wieners. And the cool thing is this is the only place you can get it. They have banana corn dogs um, going on that they'll be having until March 18th. And the banana corn dogs are two bananas dipped in corn and honey batter topped with powdered sugar. They pair them with a duo of chocolate and red popsicle, paw, P-A-W, popsicle, which is a raspberry dipping sauce. And it costs about $6 plus tax to get this. You can also get the souvenir cups, a Zootopia souvenir cup, too, with your meal for an additional cost. So have you? has anybody tried it? Tried yes. these banana corn yes. dogs you have? Yeah. How did you like it? I, I drove all the way down there just so I could have the corn dogs. Um, no, they were good. Um, it's, the, it's not a full-size banana. It's the little mini bananas that they have in the snack packs now. Oh, I thought maybe it was like a banana cut in half or something when no, they did it. it's two of the little mini bananas, regular corn dog batter. Um, they actually were, were fairly good, good flavor. Uh, I liked the chocolate dipping sauce with them or plain. I did not like the, they raspberry. Did, it just didn't go with the raspberry. But. And it's, was well, six bucks annual password yeah. or discount? It's not a bad snack. Yeah, it's five ninety nine plus yeah, tax. So yeah. we, Tony would not have been able to review it in any case. Yeah, no. Well, but knowing me with that episode, I would have probably reviewed yes, it because yes. I was <laughs> paying attention. 
But would you say that they're they're filling? Is is it a shareable dessert? Because there's two of them that there's you get. Two of them, but I mean, each one is what three or four bites, maybe. Okay, but it's that's not- a lot of cornmeal mm. around it too. No. Yeah, no. I mean, it's yeah, no. Yeah, when you would share it as a, as a small snack, but yeah. Okay. Well, because you want to leave room for all of the other yummy stuff they have right, there. Right, exactly, yes. So, but anyway, they're selling this at Award Wieners, which is located on the Hollywood Boulevard at California Adventure. And my understanding is they don't have it at Walt Disney World either. So you have you have to go to California Adventure um, any time between now and March 18th to taste this. There we go. All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. Tony. Great Wolf Lodge, which we're going to talk about soon eventually, right? Yes, Tom. actually, I'm going over there on Friday. And I went there the day it opened. Nice. And, well, I can't wait to discuss, but if you want to go... <laughs> yes. If you want to talk about that one thing, you can. Go for it. Oh, really? Okay, so yeah. I did go... You tweeted the pictures, right? Um, I, I put them on our Facebook page. Okay, well, anyway, so I went there, I was in town, I'm like, I gotta do something in town, because... If I'm in town, that means I'm working for the Diz. So, anyways, I was driving by, and I went, okay, I'm going to hop in. And what was interesting was um, I'm going just taking pictures. They had no problem. They weren't – They you could tell they weren't – had no idea. I went into the buffet, took some pictures there, and um, so which means we have new restaurants to review. But the best thing that made me the happiest is that <laughs> – and that's sarcasm, but it actually did really make me happy – did you put that picture up on Facebook? I did not. Okay. I was saving that for you. The same picture. So, we go. I go upstairs, so I can look at. Um, so I can look at the, uh, like, see. Uh, you can, upstairs, you can go through the wind. You can look through the windows and see the water park better. So I could, I could take better pictures. So I go up there, and as soon as I get up the nice big kind of grand, for a little water parky um, stairway. I see the greatest thing I've ever seen, which was, okay, this is opening weekend of a family resort. They had the Nick Fertucci, creator of Fortunes and Flipping, Real Estate Academy. Get in, get out, get paid. Was happening on opening weekend of Great Wolf Lodge. And I found that a little distasteful. And everybody was in there taking their notes for this great Nick. I'm not. I, we have no financial relationship with Nick Fertucci. Maybe we should, but yeah. invest in your future. He was seen. It's funny. It says a scene on CNN. It didn't say what the story was about. But I just found that really interesting. That literally the opening Saturday they were using it for a convention, which I appreciated. That they. I mean, not even a convention. One of those one day things. But I just thought it was. Of all the things to have on the day opening of a family resort, I don't think Disney would have done that. I'm just, just saying. Nick they Fertucci. would have hidden it better. Yeah, because that was a big, huge sign. Like, that might have been the best signage in the entire resort. So, nobody else had any issue with that? I thought it was funny. No one? You're cool it's, with that? It's very odd. Well, it's Thank very you. Uh, yes, odd. I was like, ah, oh. little kids hugging bears and Going in their water park and it's it's like having one of those at Legoland. Well, I'm okay with it. Not the no, first just, opening it's just day. Weird. No, uh, opening day. Didn't someone not green light like you? You want to bet they don't have them on 
the fourth when the media is there. Oh yeah, I think you. You know what? Gosh, I wish I would have changed my schedule because I would have been uh, the investigative reporter and <laughs> asked. Looking for that. Yeah, I mean, isn't it true that you had <laughs> a, a flipping your housing on the day that yeah, flipping flipping your house? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought that was beautiful. It just made me so happy in a perverse sort of way. So, anyways. All right. We have gone super long, so we're going to cancel the second set. I'm kidding. Uh, thank you all for those of you listening live. Next will be my relook at the Hotel Menage. If you're listening on iTunes, listen to that later. That is going to do it for the <laughs> segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical than it's shared. Thanks for listening.